All right, everybody, welcome back to our study on peace. Uh, it's a study called Unlocking Peace. For the past four weeks, we have been going through talking about how to go from wherever you are, from wherever you're at in life, to having a lot more peace, much, much more peace peace as you trust in God and as you work through some roadblocks that might be standing between you and and peace. That is what we're aiming for. You and me, all of us having more peace with God. God wants you to have peace for two reasons. He wants you to have peace today because He cares about you. He cares about and He doesn't want you to worry. God's got you. God has got you, and that's good. God has got your situation in his hands. God has got your finances in his hands. God has got your job realities in his hands. God has got your future in his hands. God has got you. God has got you. He's got you in his hands. In fact, let's just start off right now, truth type. You just go in the chat window over there, and I just want you to type in, like, God has got me today. God has got me today. Just type that in the chat. God has got me today. God has got me to, if there's two or three of you in the same, looking at the same device, just pass it around. God has got me today. That, we're going to start with that truth. God wants you to have peace and he wants you to know he's got your situation all under control today. You may not feel like it, but he's got you. He's got you today. Also, he wants us to live with peace because it's part of how we, we testify, how we witness that we actually genuinely believe that God is trustworthy because we trust him. And so when we have peace, we are showing, we are testifying that we think God is trustworthy, that he's trustable with our situations and with our crises and with our contexts. And so he wants us to have peace as part of our witness and just because he cares for us. So we've been working through these different keys to unlocking peace. The first one was the most important. If you miss the first key to peace, you're not going to be able to unlock peace very much in your life. The first key was like believing God, trusting God. Believing and trusting God. Uh, the second key to peace which we looked at was contentment. The third key that we looked at was forgiveness. And then the fourth key that we looked at last week was the key of forgiveness. Uh, today we're going to get to the fifth key. But if you've missed those other ones, you can catch up on YouTube. They're, they're there for you. Uh, the, the fifth key today that we're going to be talking about is the key of walking with God. Walking with God. The key of walking with God. Okay, so before we dive in, uh, let's show our picture for today. we got a picture every Sunday here through this series. This picture is taken in the wilderness. It's, it's taken down south of in, in the, the southern bit of Israel. It's the part of the land where God's people wandered for 40 years before they were allowed to go into the promised land. At least it's, it's part of that area. Uh, now, I took this picture in the middle of winter. Winter. This is the best that it gets, right? I mean, look at all those plants because of the, the, the rain. I mean, there's a few on the screen there. I can see a couple of them. But, but basically, this, this place is awful, right? It's an awful place to live. The Bible calls it the wilderness of Zin, Z-I-N, Zin. Um, Moses refers to it as the great and terrible wilderness. In fact... In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, after living in it for 40 years, right, 40 years, he writes about this place in Deuteronomy 8, chapter, uh, chapter 8, verse 15. He says, he, God, led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its poisonous snakes and scorpions, a thirsty land where there was no water. Uh, uh, that, that captured this land. The most poisonous scorpions in the world are down here. 
in this area and around it to Edom, the places where they were journeying in those 40 years in the wilderness, the most poisonous ones in the world. They're yellow and they're bad. Uh, there's black ones there too, not nearly as bad. Stay away from the yellow ones. Okay, so, so that's, the, that's this area. And, and again, it looks like a terrible place to live, but if you have to live there for a month, you want to be there in January. You don't want to be there in spring or summer. It's just brutal. Okay, so as you may remember, God's people, they came out of Egypt. They went to Mount Sinai. They were there for two years. They came up here and they stood at the edge of the promised land to the south, right about in this area, generally, uh, loosely, in this sort of area. And they sent in 12 spies into the land. And what did the spies see? The spies saw that the land was amazing. It was bountiful, fruitful. It was, it was amazing land. And they, they went through it. But they also saw something else. They saw the enemies were, were, were big. And they were, the, the fortifications were mighty. And when they looked at the land, they saw that it was great but impossible. It, great but impossible. And they just did not think that they could take that land. And so the, everybody got afraid. And although God had told them that, that the land is for them and, and to go in and take the land that he's going to be with them, they said no. And they, they wanted to appoint a leader to take them back to, to Egypt. Again, the, the land that, that God had led them to, that he had promised them, it was good. It was an amazing land. But the people were afraid. And they refused to trust God. And they refused to obey God. And so for 40 years they lived out there. They lived out in that wilderness until the whole generation died out. Okay, so here I am. I'm standing here where I'm taking this picture from. And I'm overlooking the great and terrible wilderness. And that's when God started speaking to me about another peace lesson. The peace lesson for today. And this peace lesson is connected to how much, how much peace is connected to walking with God. Specifically here with courageous obedience. Walking with God with courageous obedience. And so our first point today is this. Peace grows when walking with God in courageous obedience. Peace grows when walking with God in, in courageous obedience. Now overlooking this, this wilderness here, I'm, I'm, I'm first reminded of courageously obeying God with guidance situations. God says, take the land. Okay, so I want to obey God in that. God gives us guidance. They didn't obey they didn't obey, and so what happened? That whole generation moved, uh, missed out. Let me remind you what they could have had. A few weeks ago, I showed you a picture of the, the hill country of Judah. And, and here's a picture of that, again, just a reminder. I mean, look at it. It's green. It's got water. It's safe. It's peaceful. It's beautiful. It's serene. It's the dream. Like, that's, that's, that is the dream of, of the people going into the land, a, a land of their own with, with, with lots of goodness and, and peacefulness. That was what God was leading them to. But what did they end up getting because they were too afraid? Here's the picture from, for today again. Uh, hostile. Poisonous snakes, the world's most poisonous scorpions, no water, a place where the whole generation is going to die, those 21 and older. There, there are very real consequences, friends. There are very real consequences when we choose to not walk with God. When we choose to not walk with God in courageous obedience, this includes guidance issues, but this also includes sin issues. 
includes sin issues, walking with God courageously, obeying God's call to holiness and purity and, and saying no to sin. That, that's a big deal. That's how one of the ways we majorly follow God courageously. Now what I hear from so many people and what I will say over and over and over again myself is that God is gracious and forgiving and it is so true. I love it. I base my life on it. I celebrate it. I praise God about that. If I mess up, he will forgive me. He will forgive me of everything. If you messed up, he will forgive you. He will forgive you of everything and every single thing you will ever do. His grace is vast. It is limitless. His forgiveness is forever. You have forgiveness. As you give your life to Jesus, you have forgiveness. Absolutely true, but, but I don't think people are remembering that there's a vast difference between being forgiven by God and attaining the promised land. By, by, by being forgiven by God and attaining the life that you could have had. The good li- this good life, that, that the promised land kind of life, had you walked with God in courageous obedience instead of giving way to fear or something else. Look at what happens in Numbers chapter 14 at this moment of this picture. They refuse to courageously obey God. They refuse to take the land. And we read this in Numbers chapter 14. The Lord responded to them. The Lord responded, I have pardoned them as you requested. That means I have forgiven them. I have forgiven them. I am not going to treat them as they deserve to be treated. I have pardoned them. I have forgiven them as you requested. Yet, one of the most scariest words, yet as, as I live and as the whole earth is filled with the Lord's glory, none of the men who have seen my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness and have tested me these ten times and did not obey me will ever see the land I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have despise me will see it. Okay, just because you've been forgiven doesn't mean you're going to receive what you would have received otherwise. Just because you've been forgiven doesn't mean you're now going to get the promised land, the land that God was trying to lead you to. We're like, okay, God's forgiven me, God's forgiven me, God's forgiven me, everything's, everything's great, we're back on track, nothing's lost, no harm, no foul, like, just, just not, everything's okay, no big deal. No. No, 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 no. Walking with God in courageous obedience is required to get to where God wants you to be. His grace, His forgiveness, it's wonderful, it's life, it is, it is everything that we need, but His forgiveness deals with our past. Walking with God, walking with God is about our future. And we're talking about things connected to both obeying God in guidance situations, when he says, make this decision, make that decision, or even simply just in sin issue situations. Other examples in the Bible of forgiveness, but with consequences, well, you've got them everywhere. You've got like David. David, um, he, he is forgiven of his sin with, with uh, Uriah and the Bathsheba stuff, and yet his son is going to die. God forgave him, but his son's going to die. Uh, David takes a census, which was a sin, and, and God forgave him, but he has to choose he has to choose his punishment, and he chooses a plague, and 75,000 people die. 75,000 people die. Maybe we're a little bit more sensitive to that number right now, right? 
75,000 people die, forgiven, but there's still consequences. Again, I'm, I'm a massive fan of grace. I'm a massive fan of God's incredible forgiveness. But forgiveness doesn't mean no consequences from God. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you're going to receive the promised land, the, the good place that God was calling you towards had you obeyed him in the first place. Maybe you will. I hope so. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe there'll be a, a delay. I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is that so many people, so many people long for the pl- promised land. So many people long for the promised land, but they, they sabotage their journey with simple disobedience. Because they're afraid or because the future looks unpleasant, it looks hard, it doesn't look like how they want it to be. Now I understand this stuff that I'm talking about right now, it, it's, it's like a terrifying thought, it's not comforting at all. And you were tuning in today for a peace message, I want to I hear about peace so I can, and now I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. Okay, we're going to get there, um, you don't need to spend any time on, on Disney Plus watching all the princesses. We're, we're going to be okay here, we're going we're gonna to pull back around. Uh, I understand there's a little bit of, of terror here, but, but when I'm overlooking that scene of the wilderness, sometimes peace starts with truth. And it starts with some hard realities. And those hard realities are supposed to keep us motivated to walk the road of peace. There's no peace when you're carrying guilt all your life. There's no peace when you're worried about being caught in a sin. There's no peace when you know you're disobeying God and you're fighting with Him. There's no peace in those places. Peace comes from walking with God. Confessing, repenting. Getting back on track. Okay. Walking with God might feel scary. It might feel scary. And, and it can feel very difficult to trust God, to walk with God when the enemies in our life look big. When the obstacles look big. When, when we're looking at the, the, ste- the next steps and they, and they look impossible to us. Uh, it looks too dangerous. It looks too unsafe. And we're afraid of maybe losing whatever we have now. But friends, the benefits... The benefits of walking with God in, in courageous obedience, the benefits, the perks, the, the, the rewards, the results, they're, they're irreplaceable. You can only get them by courageously walking with God. And it's so worth it. It's so worth it. No matter how, no matter how daunting your path, I implore you to walk with God courageously. It's the only way to get to the place that God wants you to be and probably the place you're going to most want to be. And, and plus, you, you get peace for lots of reasons when you walk with God. Uh, first, the guilt gets dealt with, as we talked about. The guilt gets dealt with. You learn that God is actually with you. You thought the way was impossible, but you know what? He was with you. God had you. God had your situation under control. He had you and, and it was paying attention. God's got you there. But you find out that God was with you and he helps you as you're walking with him. And that brings peace. You also discover that, you know, God had a, a good destination for you. And that you can trust in that even if the road is difficult and, and challenging, that he knows where he's taking you. And that's good and it's worth walking with him on that journey. God's people, they stood at the end of the, edge of the promised land. They stood at the end of the promised land and they didn't think so much about the consequences of not courageously obeying God. They, they took the path that they believed was going to be most safe for them. But actually, the path that they chose was 40 years of death in the desert. 40 years of poisonous snakes, poisonous scorpions, no water. 
when the hill country was right in front of them. The, the good land was right in front of them. They just had to trust God and follow him in that moment. If you haven't been walking with God, there's grace, there's forgiveness for you. But I want to encourage you, if, you are, if you're struggling at this moment, should I, do, should I walk this path of sin? Should I walk this path of obedience? Should I do what I feel like God's calling me to do even though it's risky and scary? The answer that I'm going to give you is yes, walk in God's way. Walk in God's way. There's supreme goodness when it comes to walking in God's way. Okay, so the path of peace takes courage. It takes courageous obedience walking with God. That's number one. The second thing I want to say is peace grows when walking with God to confront our fears. To confront, how do you confront your fears with God? Well, let's talk about this very practically. How do we confront our fears with God? The first thing that you got to do when you want to confront your fears with God is, is you, you, you are honest about your starting point today. God, I feel stressed. God, I feel afraid. God, I feel a lot of anxiety. In fact, I feel terrified. I'm completely overwhelmed by this anxiety. Uh, you're honest with God about your starting point, but you cannot stay there. That is just the starting point. You have to move to the next one. If you stay there, no peace. Okay, so then you go for the second one. You, you ask God for his immediate help. Uh, God, don't delay. God, rescue me from all my fears. God, hear my cries, hear my prayers. I'm just pulling lines out of the Psalms, right? The Psalms are full of these kinds of, of statements. Asking God for his immediate help. Thirdly, after that, you ask God to help you identify like the root issues there behind these fears or at, at, the, at the heart of these fears. And some examples might, might be like, uh, you know, like, why am I anxious? Why am I worried? Uh, um, uh, is it because I'm, a, I'm afraid of being rejected by people? Do I have a fear of rejection? Do I have a fear of not being accepted by people? Like what if I, what if I uh, meet that group of people online in that Zoom room or whatever and, and they, they don't like me or, or whatever? Do I, what, what is my fear there? Uh, what, if, what about guilt? Is, is my anxiety bursting with guilt or a, a fear of being found out? Is my, is my anxieties and, and stresses um, connected to a lack of confidence? A lack of confidence and I'm afraid of failing. And I, I'm so worried about failing that I just can't feel like I can step forward and, and I'm, just, I'm just buried in this moment because I'm just afraid. Or maybe you, you, you're feeling these anger feelings. Why am I feeling these anger feelings connected to this anxiety? Is it anger because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling, I'm not getting my way. Life is not how I want it today. And so I'm angry and I'm frustrated and I'm stressed and I'm, I'm fearful. Or I, I feel like I'm losing control. And so I'm angry and I'm fearful. And I, or I, I'm losing esteem. I'm afraid of losing people's respect. And so I, I'm angry or I'm, I'm afraid. Jealousy. I'm afraid of losing what, what I believe is rightfully mine, even if it's not rightfully yours. Indecisiveness. You're like, am I indecisive? I don't know if I'm indecisive. Am I indecisive? I mean, sometimes I think I am, but other times I don't think I'm, you know, am. I, am I indecisive? I don't know. Why am I indecisive? I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't decide, right? Uh, a fear of criticism, maybe. I'm, I'm terrified that, that if I make the wrong choice that, that my parents will criticize me or this, that I'll be criticized for some reason or another. These people will criticize me. Or maybe I'm just afraid of making a wrong decision. And so that fear of making a wrong decision finds me super stressed in this moment of decision. And so I, I've got all this anxiety and stress, no peace, because I'm trying to make a decision I don't know what to do. Why are you feeling stressed? 
What is the root issues going on underneath these, these fears and anxieties? And so dive deep with God to sort it out. What are, the, what are those things underneath the surface there? One of the things that we can all feel when we are worried about the future, especially, especially when we're praying hard about a situation, is, is we can be afraid that maybe God doesn't care ab- enough about us. Okay, yeah, we know God cares about us. He cares about everybody, whatever, whatever. But, but maybe we're afraid that God doesn't care enough about us or enough about our situation to lift a finger today. Or, or, or we're afraid maybe that God doesn't think we're good enough. And God's like, oh man, I've just made too many mistakes. Uh, God doesn't think we're good enough to spend much effort on at all. He, uh, God's not going to spend any effort helping me because, because I'm not good enough or something like that. Th- those are lies, by the way. Those are lies. Their feelings maybe that we, maybe we know they're not true, but they feel so strong. And, and so we, we, um, we don't want to admit them to ourselves because we know that, that they're not true. But the path to peace begins here, looking at the things that we feel, but maybe we, we know aren't true, but we feel them. And, and confronting them, confronting these issues, these lies, with a, a humbling accuracy, a precision, and just calling them out. To face the hard truth and saying, I struggle with indecisiveness, I think. I, I struggle with indecisiveness, or I struggle with anger, or I struggle with, with guilt, or whatever it might be. We confront those root issues uh, with God, and we look them in the face, we confess it, and then we do this fourth thing. The fourth thing is we choose to reject its grip on our lives. We, we, we choose to reject its grip on our lives. The grip of fear of criticism. I, maybe you're feeling like, I'm terrified of people criticizing me. I just can't, I just can't handle that. And, but you choose to reject that fear. Uh, the, the grip of failing or looking stupid. I don't want to look stupid. Okay, I need to reject that fear that has got anxiety up in my life and it does not have peace up in my life. The fourth step is, is just that choosing to reject the grip of that root issue. Anger will no longer dominate my heart, resulting in fear and stress. Fear of criticism will no longer dominate my heart, resulting in fear and stress. And then fifthly, connected to that, then you affirm what is true about God. You say, God, I believe you love me. God, I believe you are very attentive to my circumstances, and maybe you're praying this out of alignment with what is true, maybe not how you feel, but out of, out of truth, and you, maybe you confess uh, that there's anger or greed or jealousy or whatever has had this grip on your our heart and is blocking you from peace. It's blocking you from peace. It's, it's bottling up anxiety and, and it's keeping you from peace. And you'd be like, I reject this anger now in the name of Jesus. I surrender to you, God. I will choose this day not to be afraid of what can happen to me. But instead to walk with you in confidence that you care for me. That you're here with me. That you will help me. And that somehow, in some way, you will see me through. And that's a statement, friends. Do you believe that God will see you through? God will see you through. God will see you through. Peace comes when we embrace what is true and what we reject, the, uh, the, the fears that we are feeling. Um, one of the challenges in, in the times of threat is not to focus on what might become a reality. Do not focus on what might become a reality, but rather focus on what we can count on being true. 
What can you count on being true? You can count on being true that God will see you through. God will see you through this. God will see you through these days. You can count on the fact that God loves you and that God will see you through. In fact, right now, I want you to just truth type on the chat thing there. I want you to type, God will see me through. God will see me through. God will see me through. Again, get everybody to type this out themselves. With their, even if they're a super slow typer, God will see me through. God will see me through. Many people are living under this dark cloud of threat today. And the, the threat of maybe disease, or COVID, or, or something like that, job loss, the threat of job loss, the, the threat of finance, money loss, or, or just the upheaval, the, 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 the fear in the world. The answer to all these types of threat is faith. To believe that God really does love you. That he can be trusted to see you through. To see you through. Things may not go how you want them to go at all, but, you can get, but God can be trusted to be with you and to see you through these times, to see you through this and everything that you will ever face. And there's peace in this, that God will see us through even this. Even this. Number three. Peace grows when walking with God in faith-filled praying. In faith-filled praying. Now, what do I mean by, by faith-filled praying? Let me give you an example. I'm going to give you an example from Charles Stanley's book uh, entitled Finding Peace, which is excellent, by the way. I, I read it. I ate it up. It took me about a day or two to, to just pour through that. Uh, if you feel like you want to grow in peace and, and uh, you're like, Ingraham, this is, this is a good start, but, but give me something good, right? Okay, well, how about this book? Uh, Charles Stanley, he wrote this book, Finding Peace, God's Promise of a Life Free from Regret, Anxiety, and fear. Sounds good, huh? Finding peace. God's promise of a life free from regret, anxiety, and fear by Charles Stanley. In that, in that book, he tells a story of a woman whose husband is, is going in for a very serious uh, operation. And how she, she comes up to Charles and she says she's trusting the Lord for her husband in this situation, but she requested a prayer. And so Charles Stanley suggested that she would start the prayer and that he would pray and, fi and finish it. So she began to pray. And as she began to pray, the longer she prayed, the louder she got. The louder she got, the more frantic she became. And, and the longer she prayed, the more of a frenzy of, of, of fear that he was seeing develop in her as, as she kept talking to God and, and just pouring out her, her anxieties and her worries and her, and her fear. And, and, and he knelt there and he thought to himself, this is not a faith-filled prayer. This is a fear-filled prayer. You can tell the difference between a faith-filled prayer, by the way, and a fear-filled prayer by the fruit. What is growing in your heart while you're praying? Is fear and anxiety growing in your heart or is peace? If peace is not growing in your heart, you are not praying a faith-filled prayer. You tell by the fruit. That's how you know. If peace is going up, you're right on track. That's, that's a faith-filled prayer. Anyways, she was praying a fear-filled prayer, and her total focus was on her husband and, and the operation and, and what could possibly happen and what could possibly go wrong. And she was just telling God all the things that could possibly go wrong and the things that she was worried and, and afraid about. None of her focus was on God and who God is. None of her focus was on God as a great physician, God as a great healer, God who is the restored, God who has all things in his hands. So he stopped her praying when she was just becoming terrified. And he says, ma'am, he lives in Atlanta, right? Atlanta. Uh, ma'am, uh, we need to focus 
on what God can do. We need to focus on what God can do in that operating room. We need to focus on, what, on who God is and what God is capable of doing. And so then he started praying. And, and he started praising God. God, I praise you for your great love for this woman's husband. I praise you for your great love for this woman and, and their family. I praise you, God, for your absolute authority over everything in the hospital. I praise you for your, your complete perfection of your wisdom and how your wisdom is able to manifest it in every and every movement of the surgeon God you are you are very aware and attentive I praise you for your tender care for this family all the years of their lives up to this moment And, and he just praises God for a while and then when he says amen he looks in her eyes and she has peace where before when she was praying the terror the the fear and the terror were going up Faith-filled praying is focused on how great, how good, how active, how loving, how able God is. Connected to whatever our circumstances, whatever our stresses, whatever our crises, whatever anxieties might be. It's, it's a bit too simple to say, okay, if you're anxious, if you are not feeling any peace, go to God in prayer. Okay? Lots of prayers are fear-filled prayers where we're only pleading with our fears not to become true. God, please don't let this happen. God, please don't let this happen. Faith-filled prayers are praying the same results. They're praying for the same thing, but they're filled with praise and perspective, uh, with, with God very active in the picture, remembering how good and trustworthy God is connected to you and your life, that He's with you, that He's got you, that He's paying attention to your situation. If you're bringing your stresses and and anxieties to God in prayer and you're feeling little peace, I suggest evaluating the focus of your prayers. Um, Actually, you might be so close to peace, uh, even peace today, with a small adjustment in your prayer life. Maybe maybe just examining the fruit. Okay, peace is not going up when I'm praying about my health or this situation. Peace is not going up when I'm praying for my family member. Peace, peace is not going up when I'm praying about our, our money situation. Okay, we have an adjustment to make. We need to throw in some praises and some God perspective in our prayers. And, and that might be all you need to do to shift from becoming, uh, from having fear dominate your life to growing rapidly in peace through faith-filled praying. Faith-filled praying grows peace. If you want some examples of that, you can look in most of the Psalms in the Bible. The one, the Psalm that I keep hearing a lot about in these days is Psalm 91. It showed up on Family Time a bunch, and I, I've heard it, uh, other people talking about it. But it could be Psalm 91 or, or pretty much any Psalm that, that has, has someone in a crisis situation. You can see their crisis, and you can see how they, they, they plead for God with a God perspective to help them in their time of need. Okay, let's put the picture back up. I would guess that you probably would like some more peace in your life. You'd like some more peace in your life, and so my encouragement is let's get back to walking with God. Let's get back to walking with God in courageous obedience. And, and maybe you're, you're terrified about what I was saying at the first part of the message and you're consumed with the idea of like, what if I've missed out on my promised land? 
What if, what if the life choices that I've, I've made over these years have caused me to miss out on, on ever getting to the land that God wants me to, to go to and maybe I'm doomed to wander in the, the wilderness and with the snakes and the scorpions for the rest of my life and because I've messed up and I've messed up too badly and, and all this kind of stuff. Is that going to be my future, Brian? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I hope not. But what I want you to know is that God is gracious. God's gracious, and I suggest, um, I suggest kind of what Daniel suggests to King Nebuchadnezzar. I suggest that you humble yourself right now before God, that you own your past mistakes, that you recommit all of your future to God, you, you, you commit your future to walking with Jesus in courageous obedience from this day forward. There's nothing we can do about our past mistakes right now. We can, we can repent, we can say our sorry, but uh, I'm... Uh, from here on out, all we can do is walk courageously in obedience to God and see where God will lead you. Who knows? Who knows? He may just very well bring you there in the end anyways. It's an exciting God we serve, one who's very active and very good and very kind. But anyways, uh, some of you may need to confront your fears today. You've got some fears that are robbing you, that are blocking you from feeling peace today. And you need to just look those fears in the eye and renounce them in the name of Jesus. Identifying what they are and, and, and rejecting those root issues. Trusting that God will see you through. That you don't need to be afraid, but that God will see you through. Uh, my challenge for today is this. It has to do with prayer and, and just working on, on, on our prayer, our faith-filled praying. And, and the challenge is, I want you to apply five truths about God to every one request you're praying about. Five truths about God to every request. So let me give you an example. Maybe, maybe you're feeling like mm, you're worried about God, provision. Like you're not sure, you're not sure where the money's going to come from this month or, or the job or whatever. You're worried about provision. Okay? And so that's your prayer request. You're like, God, I ask you to provide for my family. That's the request. God, I ask you to provide for my family. And then you have those truths about God that you throw in there. God, I believe that you are the great provider. God, I believe that you can do anything. God, I believe that you love me. God, I believe that you care about my family. And I believe that it's safe to trust you now and every day of my life forever. Five, five truths. Uh, God, I ask you to provide for my family. Uh, I believe you are the great provider. I believe that you can do anything. I believe that you love me. I believe that you care about me and my family. And I believe that it's safe to trust you every day of my life. That's the challenge. And I, I, I encourage you to do that. You'll know when you're on track when you feel those peace levels uh, rising up. 